0: Hi, it's Melissa Moore, and welcome to Mile High Magazine. Thanks for being here on this Sunday morning. Well, coming up here on June 27th is PTSD Awareness Day. So today we wanted to talk to Dr. Patrick Gallus. He's a board-certified emergency medicine physician. He got his B.S. in health and physical education from the University of Montana, and he is also an officer with the Gallus Medical Detox Center. Good morning.
1: Good morning, Melissa. How are you?
0: I am doing well. Well, let's talk here. First off, the Gallus Medical Detox Center. You just opened one here in Denver, and the other one is in Scottsdale. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. So yeah, t- we just opened, got our facility May 4th.
0: Okay, so tell me a little bit about that and what you do there.
1: Well, we do acute medical detox uh, there from an uh, IV standpoint, And uh, we developed a system and a series of protocols over almost a 10-year period now that focuses mainly on the medical component for getting people off drugs and alcohol and really emphasizing on the word medical and kind of taking it away from the uh, psychiatric uh, standpoint. It's not that there isn't a psychiatric component. There certainly is. But we believe the initial phase is, is medical. So... We use, uh, you know, just critical care physicians and nurses and uh, uh, IV protocols for, you know, both comfort and and safety and and uh, we're very excited to be in the Denver area and uh, also operating our our clinic in Scottsdale.
0: Well, tell me a little bit about PTSD and how it correlates with drug and alcohol abuse. Uh, because I know, I know there's almost a, it's kind of a, you know, it starts with trauma and then PTSD and then it goes into drug and alcohol abuse. Do I have kind of that arc right?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, the incident of in PTSD, well, the overall incident of trauma, so somebody having a very significant event in their life. A traumatic event is approximately 60% for men, and that, in general, comes down to mostly accidents, war, uh, that type of thing. And then it's about 50% for women. Uh, and what we see out of that is numbers are very similar to substance use disorder, which is around 10% uh, that people that will develop P- uh, PTSD out of those out of those events at some point in their lives. so So it's a significant number and then the correlation between the two is also very significant where we see in in my clinic people i'm taking care of with uh, substance abuse uh, whether that be in alcohol or uh drugs uh is probably 75 to 80 percent
0: have suffered from ptsd
1: yeah they've had some traumatic event, Mm -hmm. and they've they've uh made a decision at some point in time to use either drugs and/ or alcohol to cope with that event so and I think the literature supports that at about 75 percent but I see at least that number right. uh, when I talk to my patients about hey you know how'd this all start and that almost every one of them relates back to some event that happened in their lives that that uh, triggered their uh, what what was going on and why they were were uh, a patient at my clinic.
0: So explain to folks who've heard the term PTSD, but they don't know really what it is. It's post-traumatic stress disorder. But what does that really look like?
1: Well, it's direct exposure to trauma, either as being directly exposed to it. In other words, you are personally involved or you witnessed it. Mm -hmm. And what we see from that is, you know, there's about 17 criteria uh, that define it uh from the from the uh psychological world and but the main things that point out is a tense feeling of distress. You can also have an extreme physical reaction, in other words, sweating, racing heart, uh very severe anxiety, uh, flashbacks versus nightmares. You also feel kind of um detached from other people, mm. like you don't really have control of your future. And along with that lack of control, you have a very negative outlook about what your p- future holds from you. You just don't have a lot of positivity in your life. And then you isolate yourself, uh, you avoid activities, people, work, um, and, you know, start looking a lot of times at inert substances like alcohol to numb you and, and, uh, and help you with your life, which is the exact wrong thing to do
0: right so for folks that do suffer from ptsd so let's say an event happens a traumatic event happens that triggers this how long can i mean can it be something from a childhood i'm I'm trying to understand how long can that actually happen from
1: yeah and we would think that you know you'd have a traumatic event and then the the days that followed would you would act upon that but that's not the case at all we have we have people that have had uh, childhood events and they won't, it won't bother them for 20, 30 years. So there's really no way to pinpoint if it's going to happen to you based on the event, because Mm -hmm. remember we talked about that, that number, uh, you know, about half the people have a significant traumatic event and about 10% of people actually develop PTSD at some point in time. So we know that there's, you know, some people that have had events uh, that it never bothers them throughout their lives, but we we definitely can't pinpoint when it's going to occur or if it's going to occur.
0: So it really could pop up at any point in someone's life.
1: Absolutely. And, and a lot of the trauma that I deal with is childhood trauma. And I'm not seeing children. I'm seeing people in, in adulthood and some of them have perfectly normal lives, you know, up to the age of 40 or 50, and then this surfaced on them and, um, you, you know, and then ended up being in my clinic due to substance use.
0: Right. Do you ever see, uh, in is it a thing where somebody can have repressed memories that all of a sudden come out of nowhere, and then as an adult here they are trying to deal with them?
1: Absolutely see it all the time.
0: And so some of these people get help they go they they start healing but others then turn to drug and alcohol and from what i was reading the numbers for women are very high aren't they
1: they do tend to be higher um mostly on the ptsd uh point because their their uh reflection of their trauma is a little bit lower than men however their uh, ptsd numbers are, are higher
0: what do you mean by the reflection is lower?
1: Well, I mean, I mean, they're actually exposure. What, what they would admit to as being, you know, a significant traumatic event in their life for women
0: mm-hmm. is
1: about 50 percent. And for men, it's about 60 percent. So slightly higher for men.
0: Why do you However, think that they, is?
1: You know, I think men, when they when they list things as trauma, it's more uh, accidents and war. A lot of this literature and uh The studies come out of the VA system, so they obviously deal with a larger group of men
0: Mm -hmm. uh,
1: that have been at war than women. So I think some of those, that's why some of those numbers have changed. And remember, on the PTSD, as well as the substance use disorder, these numbers are most certainly underreported. Like everybody that has a problem with drugs or alcohol doesn't seek help.
0: Right. And
1: so these numbers are... These numbers are are going to be going to be low compared to what actually exists, and I'm am I'm positive that PTSD is the exact same thing. People are just dealing with it on their own. They're embarrassed about it. Uh, they don't they don't feel like seeking help from anyone, and that they can just simply get over it.
0: I was just getting ready to ask you about the whole stigma surrounding PTSD, and you kind of touched on it there. Is there a stigma?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think, I think mental health in general. Uh, if you have a mental, you know, if you have a broken leg, everybody understands that, mm-hmm. uh, and they understand why it hurts and you know what you have to do about it. But when you have a mental health disorder, I, I, I don't think a lot of people understand that fully, and uh, due to that, it's just left with a huge stigma in this country, which. is is extremely unfortunate because it occurs in most cases it can be helped and we have to get over this stigma that you know you're a weak person or a a lesser human being uh, because you happen to be afflicted with uh, mental illness.
0: And how do we get over that stigma? Is it having conversations like this? Is it people admitting it and talking more openly about it? Like what's your two cents as a doctor?
1: Yeah, my my two cents is pretty simple. I mean, people need to get help. You know, they they need professionals. There are plenty of professionals and and organizations that are able to to help them. Mine being one of them. You know, get people off drugs and alcohol. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, if people aren't willing to seek help, it makes it more it makes the situation uh, uh, more difficult to take care of. And a lot of people, even with the substance use that we see, um, they have no experience in helping themselves. So that get help from somewhere, and there's plenty of professionals out to help with both of these issues.
0: Well, and I would, I would think that then once you help your patients get off the drugs and alcohol, now you've got to deal with those underlying issues that got them there in the first place.
1: Yeah, but the, the, the issue becomes this, without getting off the drugs and alcohol, being able to Successfully help somebody uh, with their PTSD issues is very remote.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, it's, it's going to be hard to help somebody that's, you know, drunk all night.
0: Let's right. Say, and, right.
1: Uh, you know, help them see, help them see some hope uh, in their lives, and, and and being able to look at having a positive future where they can reintroduce themselves into their old life and and uh, get the positive things back.
0: Well, and I think that's a huge message to get out there is that there is hope. Is that I mean, that's what I'm hearing from you. Obviously, you have two centers, one in Scottsdale and one in Denver. So that tells me there has to be a lot of hope in that recovery.
1: Yeah, we focus. We do a lot of time and care on just having people have hope and having them see that, that, that their lives can be different and can be more positive. And taking away all the, you know, the negativity and and just uh, it's really about moving forward and being successful for us. And the part of that success is just getting off drugs and alcohol because the likelihood of you improving your life and keeping uh, those substances as part of your daily routine is is.
0: Well, Dr. Patrick Gallis, thank you so much for joining us and talking with us on Mile High Magazine. Once again, Post-Traumatic Stress Awareness Day is coming up on June 27. Thank you for being here and shedding some light to this uh, important conversation.
1: Melissa, thank you so much for having me on.
0: I'm Melissa Moore. It is Mile High Magazine. Thank you so much for stopping in and enjoying the show with us today. I love how we're always learning something new. And if you want more information about PTSD, we're going to have links available on our website. So just go to the station's website. Go to the podcast. We'll have the information about Dr. Gallows there as well. And once again, a great thing to do is start having that conversation about post-traumatic stress disorder. You know, as we're hearing that the National Awareness Day is coming up, on the 27th. Always a good idea to have a conversation about it and to realize that, you know what, sometimes we all need help to reach out and ask for that help. There is definitely no shame in it. You can always share the podcast on your social media accounts. Listen to it again. I'm Melissa Moore. It is Myla High Magazine. Thank you for joining us today. Go out, have a blessed day, be kind, and we'll see you again here next week.